So the other day I went down a bit of a rabbit hole and I have a bad habit of uh, really binging hard on things. So I try not to go and binge anything because before I know it, it's three in the morning and I have to go to work in the morning. But since it's COVID and there's not a whole lot going on, I recently went down, I binged a couple documentaries and I went down a bit of a rabbit hole related to cults. And I just have to say, I have a lot of questions about the shit that I saw. So I invited the one person that I know that knows more about cults than anybody that I know and has a real passion for these types of things and true crime stories. Um, so with that, I want to bring on, um, a frequent guest of the TTE podcast. Um, my sister, Denise, Denise, how are we? <laughs> I'm ready to talk about some cults, Holmes. Yeah, you are my um, resident expert when it comes to all things cults and, and uh, true crime <laughs> stories, because I just have questions. And, and I want to start off by saying I have questions about the cults and a variety of them. I was really taken with the experience of not just dismissing a cult altogether, as most people do. I was really taken with the idea that smart, rational, thoughtful people got a hold of this and then suspended all logic and reality. And then they reached one of two conclusions, maybe three conclusions. One, they believed it all the way to the end. Two, they believed it to a point, but couldn't get out. Or three, they believed it until they questioned it, and then they were able to get out. And I'm fascinated by the journey of how deep people get into this. So, so the first thing I want to do is I kind of want to I want to talk about two of them. And the first one I want to talk about is Heaven's Gate. Yeah. And so Heaven's Personal Gate. It was a documentary that I saw. It was in four parts, and I wait, just have wait, so wait, many. Wait. wait, I don't. I don't mean to say that it's like a personal favorite. Personal favorite. I'm just saying that like it's a great story. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I want to start with Heaven's Gate, but before we get too deep into it, I think what I want to do is give you the floor for a minute. And just explain to people what exactly was Heaven's Gate? What exactly at like a like a ten thousand foot level? Like what was Heaven's Gate? What did they believe? Sort of what was the premise? Like, can you fill people in on the background of what exactly Heaven's Gate? What did they believe? The followers of Heaven's Gate. What did they believe? Okay, so Heaven's Gate. Um. How's the best way to describe it within with the time allotted? Uh, a cult in which two people, Marshall Applewhite and then a, a lady by the name of Betty, Betty Nettles. And um, basically they believed that, that your life here on earth was going to end sooner rather than later. And that if you wanted to transcend and like meet God, you basically are, you got to leave earth, but you got to, in order to leave earth, you got to die. 
So their teaching was that when the next Haley Bop comic came through, they were just going to hop on. And hold on, now, now, the pause for a second. What? When is the Haley's Bop comet? Like, I want, like, let's give people a time frame here. Like, like, when exactly does this take place? So the Haley's Bop comet only occurs every so many years, and um, if I can remember, the the Hale Bop comet comes like once every eighteen months. No, I take that back. I have to look it up again, but um, it's supposed to come every so often and it's been coming over and over again for millennia. And um, so essentially they just thought, they thought, you know what? We're going to leave. We're going to leave birth. It's going to be great. We're going to jump on this comet. We're going to transcend. And then when we get to the other side, um, when it gets to the, they get to the other side, and I guess like I guess that's heaven. But one thing I will mention: the name Heaven's Gate is what we call Heaven's Gate. The cult itself never actually had a real name; like they never associated themselves with Heaven's Gate. They never had an actual name. Um, but for those who have, who know about it and have um, talked to other, you know that were in it uh, and talked with Marshall Applewhite and Betty Nettles, like nobody referred to each other as Heaven's Gate cult members. That's just the name of the website. Okay. So (sighs) Heaven's, (laughs) I I, I just, I just have so many questions. I, I just don't even really sort of know where to begin with. The one thing I will say before I get into my questions, just to be clear these people believed that the human body is really akin to a caterpillar, that you would shed this sort of earthly human body and assume an alien persona, and then you would ascend into heaven via a spaceship. That's what yes. they be- that's that's what they believed. And so I was trying to leave the alien part out because you know some folks, some folks just no, 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 no. That's 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 part of the batshit craziness of of this particular documentary. So now I I have questions. So first, like my first sort of thing is. Uh, or let me say takeaway or observation as I as I watched it was these folks had been around since the early to mid 70s um, up in Northwest uh, America, specifically like the upper Northwest, like uh, Oregon, state of Washington, like that part of the country. And you mentioned the names uh, Marshall. Applewhite. Uh, Marshall Applewhite, and, Applewhite and Betty Nettles. So my first question is, and I, I want you to explain this to me because I really struggled with this. <laughs> they are known within their group because I'm not going to call it a cult because I'm just going to say it's a set. It's a belief system. Sure. They they went by the names T and Doe. 
and that is one of the names that they went by. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. They start. Yeah, they started out as be, as calling each other the two. Yes, the two, <laughs> and then it and then it, it it turns into T and Doe, and so I didn't understand where T and Doe came from. And then as I'm watching the documentary, they explain where it came from. And this is my first sort of what the fuck moment where it's like you are going to believe these people who are calling themselves T and Doe, but they got the names T and Doe from the sound of music. Yes. So, yeah, little little Bo Peep and Doe a deer, a female deer and. And so I struggle with this because I'm saying to myself, so you believe you're going to ascend into heaven on a spaceship, but you took your names from a musical. That would be correct. And I really struggle with how did we get from A to B? Well, here's the thing about cults. Um, Logic does not apply here. So... You have to look at it from a sense of their that that's their truth and how they you have to understand how they came about in their own personal lives. To well, that's why I'm here. I'm here to talk to you about how they came about <laughs> to this because so, I'm struggling how two people who change their names to T and Doe believe they're going to ascend into heaven on a spaceship. I'm okay. struggling well, the, here. Well, for one thing, the, the early life of Marshall Applewhite and um, Betty Nettle are not as known as, say, the early life of, you know, um, Jim Jones or um, or the head of the New Wabian Nation. Like, you know, you don't... <laughs> what we know about Marshall Applewhite is that he was a closet... Well, he was a closeted gay man who grew up in a family where his father was a was a Presbyterian minister who um, expected his son to go into religion just like he did. He went to seminary school for like six months, dropped out. And as he lived his life, he was a, in a constant flux of figuring out what he should be doing with his life. And when he runs into Betty Nettles, Betty Nettles being a nurse, um, and in the middle of a divorce, she was really into the alien stuff. It wasn't Marshall Applewhite that was into the alien stuff. It was it was Betty. And really, when you think about it, these are just two people. You have one person who is completely lost and has no idea what kind of identity to live by in Marshall Applewhite. And then he meets a woman that's in that's completely into aliens and conspiracies and all of that. And she essentially, you could almost say that Marshall Applewhite was her first victim, because let's face it, a lot of the issue, a lot of the things that they believed in is in basis from Betty Nettles. Okay, pause for a second. Because one of the things that I saw was he has some sort of psychotic episode, and that's where they meet is in a psychiatric hospital where she's the nurse and he's the patient. The story is, is that it was a psychiatric episode and that it was a hospital, it was a psychiatric hospital. For what I understand, it was not an actual psychiatric hospital. It was just a regular old hospital. And okay. whether or not it was a psychiatric episode, it's, it's debated. Some people say he had a drug overdose. Other people say it was a psychotic episode for whatever it is. It, he was in the hospital and he meant the shit. 
Okay. So these people start like sending flyers out through the neighborhoods. Like, Mm -hmm. do you want to try to find a better way to live your life? And, and this, that, and the third, and do you believe in UFOs? If so, come to the meeting hall at seven 30 on Tuesday. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll explain everything. Mm -hmm. If you want to send into heaven, this is the way to go and the whole nine. And, and they start to attract people. And I think it's important to put in context the what's going on at the time where people are. This is the 70s and people are looking for uh, and people are always looking. But in the 70s, this is the way the documentary portrayed it, that people were looking for sort of a higher plane of existence. Like what does life mean and looking for this deep meaning Mm -hmm. and all this kind of stuff. So they started to attract people. And one of the things I found fascinating about this and the other one um, is they all seem to have a belief system and they're, they all have like a hierarchy and they have a belief system and a set of rules that they all follow. And for me, for, for heaven's gate, some of it seemed plausible and other things were just like a little, was like a bridge too far but the most extreme mm-hmm. thing that they did where they talked about the idea of you need to be celibate like you need to look at the members of the group as like you're equal you shouldn't be lusting after them and all these sexual feelings and whatnot and they went so far as to and this is this is really the batshit crazy part Roz. like I don't believe I just saw this where they went so far as to recommend actual castration. And then one guy actually went through with it, but they didn't even go to the hospital. They just did it in a back room somewhere. Yes. Now I want it noted though. Yes. It sounds so crazy. And yes, one person did it about six people in the cult did opt for the castration. Only six. The rest of them said, nah, I'm cool. But no, I, I, I don't care how many people <laughs> signed up for it. I don't care. I don't care. Some dude cut his Johnson off. Like, 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 that's how deep this goes. Like, he cut his Johnson off. Like The idea like, was to not feel. No, 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 no. <laughs> Stop that. Stop that. <laughs> Ain't a doctor around and you just uh, no anesthesia, no nothing. You just up in when your beliefs. Come on, fam. When your beliefs. No. When your belief system transcends. And this is why rational thought. This is why we're talking, because this (laughs) left this left the whole frame of reality for me. Like I, I can't I can't get there, even though I know that like. The human psyche can go a lot of different places. Like I get it, but come on, mm-hmm. man, he cut his Johnson off, bro. Yeah, like, he, like, I mean, like what is that? It it's a it's a person who, um, I mean, he was he was just that devoted. I mean, I I'll put it this way, um, because you know you 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 coming you're coming in from just watching the documentary. I knew about Heaven's Gate from true crime and whatnot and so on and so forth. But I listen to the podcast, last podcast on the left, and they do all kinds of cults and conspiracies and whatnot. And one thing that they explained in that podcast about Heaven's Gate was the one that only six people did do castration. Let's make that clear, y'all. 
only six people, six of the 39 people that died did the castration. But one thing about Heaven's Gate that I don't know if the documentary pointed out for you is that this was not the kind of cult where like you got in and then you couldn't get out. This was the kind of cult cult where if you wanted out, Apple White would let you out. In fact, he was known to like buy your bus ticket. Like if this isn't yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Like, then... like that came through. Like there were people that was like you know struggling with the rules and all that, and he would tell them mm-hmm. like, okay, then you know maybe you know this isn't for you. You know, go do what you got to do. Take your little sabbatical or whatever. And if you want to come back, right. You come. And then certain, and then some people did come back because I think the group provided like a level of structure. Yes, like there was a lives. story of uh, of a person who left, and he left for like twelve years, and he came back because while he was gone, all of his experiences in life were all negative. People were rude. Technology was getting out of control, and he just felt like the world itself just wasn't where it should be. So he ended up coming back and ended up dying with the rest of them. But there was one story about a guy who um, began in the cult in the early days, back in the 70s. He left his wife and his four children. He was a successful real estate developer. And they never said his name in in the podcast that I was listening to. But he left his wife, his four kids. And some people you would think come back after a while. But this guy did not come back. And he was the one who set up everything from where they would meet. Like, you know, in the early days, they would meet in parks and everything was word of mouth. So if you showed up to one meeting in a park and you, at that park is where you would get the info for the next one. So if you missed, if you missed something and you go out into the world, into the field, whatever, because every time you would show up at these meetings, they'd give you more pamphlets and they'd tell you to go out into the world and spread the gospel and this is that, whatever. But if you miss the next meeting and everything's by word of mouth at a local park, now you're just in the wind and you don't even know what you're doing. So it's hard to, it's hard to stay in a cult when you can't even keep up with the cult itself. Because there's stories of people who actually were all the way in it, were just 100% about Heaven's Gate, but then they missed the meetings. And it got to the point where they actually would go and like go to like the police and be like, have you guys seen X, Y, and Z? Because this these are our people. We look up for them. So who goes to the police saying, I'm, I can't find my cult? How do you lose your cult? <laughs> <laughs> well... You know, when well, when you don't have any financial <laughs> infrastructure, I, I guess you're 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 resolved to doing um, talks not even in, that. In you're, the park. It's it's not even that you're meeting at public parks. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I mean, I can remember being in college and and these old men would like as we're like walking to class in the morning, they had these boxes of like Bibles of like New Testament and they were passing them out left and right. Like the power of Christ compels you and and this that, and, third. And, I, and I remember people being rude to them. I would always take one um, because if I took one and then held it up, they would leave you alone after that. Like I wasn't rude to them or anything, but, oh, but, you're but, nice. but yeah, well, I, tr- I try to, I try to be a good person. I was not, 
I was uh, not like that. I'd, I'd actually walk up to them and be like, so you know you read in like 17th century level telephone, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just now, now, one of the things I, I want to get into, and this is like, I'm trying to walk down a certain path here. And this path is like, like at what point, like at what point do you like say to yourself, okay, this is a stop sign. This is a red flag. Like what's going on? <laughs> so one of the first um, things that I want to, I, I want to kind of talk about is, uh, Marshall and Betty, I'm just going to call them T and Doe because that's what they were known or, as. Or you can call them Bo and Peep. They went by Bo and Peep as well. See, this is the bullshit I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm going to follow somebody that calls themselves T and Doe or Bo and Peep. Like, that's a red flag. Like, come no, on, I fam. Mean, Bo, come on, Bo fam. And you, you, took you know it from where Bo and Peep come from. Listen, listen. All I'm saying is Little I'm Bo not, Peep. Bo Peep, little Bo Peep. I get it, but I can't. How am I supposed (laughs) to follow you into heaven when I'm believing that? So, so because you know why? Because they talked about this is where this is where they went in. This is this is where they get you. They get they get people that are Christians that are in a crisis of faith, and they tell them straight out, Jesus is not only your savior; he's also an alien. See, that's what I'm talking about. Like, like, it's like, stop right there. Like, like this is exactly what I'm getting in. This is exactly where I'm at. Because it's my understanding that they believed that um, they had been chosen to fulfill a biblical prophecy and that they had been given higher level minds than other people. So, mm-hmm. so, so pause for a second. This, this starts to sound a lot like Branch Davidian and David Koresh. A little bit, ah! and I wouldn't call those guys a. I wouldn't call those guys a cult, but it's oh, I would. <laughs> I would. Oh, I would. I wouldn't call those guys a cult for me personally, but it's like, how can you be Jesus and wear glasses? It's not even that. Like, how? It, it's the bigger question. How? How can you call yourself a messiah and be alive? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what I mean, and so, um. So, so, so again, I'm just talking about these sort of red flags here where we've got T and Doe or Bo and Peep, and they believe that they are smarter than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And it's their job to round up all the people and take them into a spaceship and ascend into space and ultimately into heaven. But here's the thing about about what this is where this really doesn't make sense. And I know this is just going to set you off, but. You know, Bo and Peep are supposed to be the ones to take you there, right? But what happens when when poor poor Miss and Mrs. Nettles gets breast cancer and dies? See, that's what I'm saying. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. If you guys are who you claim to be, and then one of you dies of cancer, don't, doesn't, the rest said, of, doesn't the rest of the group have to go? Come on, man. Not even that. The way I always understood it was that at least if I was if I was a part of this cult, this is how I would have explained it. It's just that she went to make sure that the ship was ready. But you don't do that by putting your body in the ground like that. Don't cremate it. But but here's the thing. For them, it wasn't about them. It wasn't about the physical manifestation of them going. They knew that their bodies had to die in order to get on the spaceship. They knew that. They knew they had to die in order to get to the other level. <sighs> you weren't ready. This, to, you weren't ready is, for that. This were is you? this is this is so. No, I saw that in the documentary too, and just it was another like it was another red flag. And then 
another thing that another red flag is at some point they stop going by T and Doe and Bo and Peep and they start going by the two. Well, the two came first. They or, first started okay, going so by as the two. You know yeah. what I mean? Because because that sounds ominous. Like the two. Well, it's not even so much that it sounds ominous. It sounds yeah, that's original. That, that I mean. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking. Like, wait, what? The two? I mean, I'm still hung up on T and Doe. Like T and Doe, really? That's like the ultimate red flag for me. For me, for me, it wasn't T and Doe. It was Bo Peep because they well, got it at a little Bo Peep. And for me, it was just like you can't. It can't be that simple. It can never be that simple. And then what I also found interesting was that once Betty dies, I guess she's uh, Doe. I think. Yeah, something like that. So once she dies and Marshall takes over, all of a sudden they take a shift in terms of like what their beliefs are and they become yes. a little more hardcore. They become a little more fundamental in terms mm-hmm. of you got to follow the rules and this, that, and that. And that's when the castration showed up because people were saying, you know, I see someone so across the way and I'm feeling a certain type of way, you know what I mean? And then they're getting well, into the oh, wow, I had to sneak off and um Well, here's gonna, the thing. Here's, I'm going to sneak and I'm going to call what I affectionately call they went they had to sneak off and pull a brother Henry. Actually, <laughs> you know, you know by, what's by themselves and Here's the thing though. That actually saved somebody's life because one guy was so sexually frustrated because he could not have sex in this cold. He couldn't even touch himself. He weren't even allowed to touch each other. Yes, that's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Like you couldn't touch yourself or each other. There was this one guy who was so pent up with so much sexual frustration that he left the cult just so he could jack off. And by doing that, kept him away long enough so where the mass suicide happened, he came back and it was like, wait a minute. Are you serious? So, so the thing is, it's like, yeah, I mean, masturbation is, is the key to salvation for some <laughs> Because it saved his life. No, no, I think masturbation prevented his salvation. Is, is, <laughs> it depends is, is, on how you look at it. Jeez. Oh, my goodness. Are you? I, I didn't know that. I did again. That this dude again. said, "Hey, man, I'm gonna need a minute." And while he took a minute, they went. They yeah. went. On. <laughs> again, another reason. I did like not I said, know I, that. Like I said, that's why I like listening to last podcast on the left because these three guys—they're all comedians, but at the same time, they go real in depth into these cults and they find these these random stories of people who come out of these cults. And that's probably the wildest one I've heard because it was just like, he, he just really wanted to rub one out and he couldn't do it. So he just left. So, so I will tell you that I knew about heaven's gate, not from the documentary, the documentary sort of sparked my interest again in it, but I knew about it because my freshman year in college, there were two girls in my dorm who were from the town. That, yeah, that, Santa Fe. that the mass suicide had happened. So, so, when, it, so when, it hit, when it hit the news, it was kind of a big deal. So Rancho Santa Fe is in the southern half of San Diego County. And, you know, I lived in San Diego for five years. Um, the house is still there for those people out there who feel the need to go and visit the house that 39 people committed suicide. 
Um, they they rented it for about seven thousand a month. That same guy I was telling about earlier that left his wife and four kids that was a real estate developer. He's mm-hmm. the one that brokered that deal. And yeah. but like from what I understand, the house is still there. And I don't know who's currently in it now. I don't even know if it looks the same, but you can visit the house. Oh, I, I, well, that's creepy. I, I don't know that I would want to tour. I don't know that I would well, want to tour a house where true, 39 people committed suicide. Us true crime people. I mean, you can still visit the Betty Broderick house if you really want to in San Diego. It's whatever you want to do, man. It's true. If it's yeah, true crime I, I, that, that's, and, you know, that's a, that's but a, the that's house a, is still the same. So, again, like I said, you know, when it comes to like red flags, like T and Doe believe in aliens, Bo and Pete believe you're going to shed this body and descend into heaven. They got all these rules. You can't touch yourself. You can't touch anybody else. All this other stuff to the point where people are cutting their Johnsons off in order to in order to maintain this. Because I found it ironic that they did it for one dude and it all went wrong. Shocking. And they had to go to the hospital, but they couldn't explain to the doctor Yes. What was going on and why? You know, and to me, I kind of think about it similar to, um, you know, when someone goes to the hospital with a gunshot wound, they have to report that to the police. I kind of feel mm-hmm. like those rules should have applied. Like, hey, FBI, this guy just walked in here and cut his dick off. Y'all better go investigate what's going on because this is not normal behavior. Well, it's kind of like um, when I first started getting, getting into true crime and podcasts and stuff like that. There's a one podcast that actually sells a T-shirt and I plan to buy it. Um, and it says, you're in a cult. Call your dad. And that's what that, that that's the number one thing that people should just think to yourself. So uh, am I in a cult? Am I am I cutting myself off from my family? Am I like, you know, there should be like a checklist of like a self evaluation of whether or not you're in a cult. And if you are, you need to call your dad. Or your parent, your brother, whatever. Well, see, that's what I found interesting was that there were family members that were like pleading, like, you know, please come back, like get out of this. This isn't healthy. This isn't right. And there really isn't anything the authorities can do when you have a bunch of consenting nope. adults saying that this mm-hmm. is what I believe and and, the, and and this is it. Now, again, sort of like from a red flag perspective, if the if the castration piece wasn't enough. You have the Haley's Comet coming through, and this is, I guess, you know, spring of 97 or whatever. And Actually, we're coming up on the anniversary, March 19th. Oh, well, fantastic. So There you go. Um, so with that, what I found interesting about that is, and this is real similar to what's going on today when we talk about the fake news and, and this, that, and the third, is the cult the, of Trump. No, there were people that were claiming that they saw like an object that was trailing the comet. And these people took it at a sign as a sign that, oh, yep, that's our sign. It's time to go. And there was no like second object that was trailing, but there were people out there suggesting that there was, and they took it and ran with it and acted on it. And one of the things that they did which I found real interesting is was the purchase of alien abduction. Yes. They bought the alien insurance. (laughs) 
that would pay out a million dollars a person. And my first thought is, okay, what insurance company is going to back this claim? Like, who's selling this policy? Nobody. Who's um, no, I don't. But they, but no, they the policy it. covered the co- the policy covered abduction, impregnation, and or death by aliens. Hold on, pause. So you telling me <laughs> that some some insurance company was going to pay upwards of a million dollars if you got pregnant by an alien? Yes, and I will tell you this much: the name of said insurance company is called Niche, like a niche. You know, niche insurance, and it is an insurance provided for small, low demand areas. And although the policies are usually required or easily available, like your automobiles and your home and your life insurance, all that, they also do difficult to obtain insurance. Body parts, alien abductions, temporary event insurance, they do it all. And this is a legit place. How are we we paying paying out an insurance policy if you get pregnant by an alien? Dennis, I don't know. I'm just telling you what I see. Again, this is a real place. Again, red flags everywhere. What (laughs) are you doing? What are you doing? And I know they're consenting adults and they believe what they want to believe in the whole night. I get it. But come on, man. At what point? Like, are what point are you so far suspended from reality that you can no longer see the forest for the trees that you bought, know, that you that you and a group of people purchased insurance? See, that tells me you don't really believe in the shit, because why would you purchase insurance if you got abducted by an alien when your whole attempt was to go be with the aliens? See, that's the bullshit I'm talking about. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. This doesn't but make again, any sense. With cults, there is no sense and there is no logic. And you can't apply logic to an illogical thing. <sighs> I mean, and, and, and that's why I think it's funny that you decided to choose Heaven's Gate, right? Like as the first one. Personally, I would have went with Jonestown. It's just, it's a little bit easier. No, I could, hold um, on. Hold, like I, but, like I said, like I said hold on, hold on, pause. Like I said from the top, <laughs> I went down a bit of a rabbit hole here. And mm-hmm. I don't normally do this because I binge and I binge hard. But with this stuff, like, like I just came out of this with so many questions. So you're telling me you want to go be with with these aliens, but just in case they take you, you want insurance to back you up. This is the well, most. No, it's not so much that you want to be this, with it. If cult and capitalism had a baby, it would be Heaven's Gate. Uh, I actually would take no. Actually, I'd reverse that. I would say the company that gave them the insurance is capitalism and 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 oh. cult. Of course, there's always a dollar to be made, but these people try to have it both ways. Just in case I go to the place I think I want to go and it turns out to be bad, I want you to pay me for my mistake. But not even that. Who are you going to pay? Because technically you're dead because your body's actually on Earth. No, but see, I'm coming back. See, that's the thing. See, I'm coming back to collect the check. That's why I <laughs> no, bought the insurance. <laughs> see, it's not possible. Who's applying <laughs> logic now? Who's applying the I'm logic? Not applying I, I'm talking like, like, look, as a person who has sold insurance, <laughs> I can tell you that ha- having a conversation like this, if that's how the conversation is going to go. 
Now, now, moving on, I want to talk about because this is the other thing I had a real trouble with. If you are going to shed the body and ascend into a spaceship and into heaven, how do you do that via suicide? I st- well, I, I the, well, they don't see it as suicide. They're just seeing it as a way to get to the next level. So they see it as a verb, like as a vehicle. They don't see yes. it as okay. Because I struggle. It, it's, with no, this. it's no different than dropping your car off at the airport and getting on the plane. You, you're just <laughs> no, no. That's how that's how they're seeing it. Because you know, in order for them, to, in order for them to hitch the ride, that's they gotta one, leave the current ride. That's a whew. Ooh, that's a one. So you telling me they they basically took a one way. They bought a one way ticket, is what you're telling me. Yeah. So you're so you're telling me they bought a one way ticket, but also purchased the trip insurance. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and 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 then they did it, and they took with them one of the greatest pairs of Nikes ever created. <laughs> and I can never get the well, I'll never be able to wear those Nikes. Yeah, I'm sure Nike has that. I'm sure Nike has that design and all copies of that shoe locked up. Like you're not gonna be able to get that. Those the last Nikes. I checked, the last I checked, the I think they're called decades. I think that's what they call. I forget what they were called now. But you can find them on eBay, but they're every bit like $1,000. Yeah, they're real rare. Decades. Now, here's another <laughs> yes. red flag. Here's another red flag that when they found the bodies, they all had $5.75. Mm-hmm. Because this is a reference to Huck Finn, where basically. According to Mark Twain and Huck Finn, it costs $5.75 to get into heaven. Again, another red flag. If you're promising me to get into heaven, it doesn't cost $5.75. No no religious text anywhere references $5.75. No. However, in, in Greek mythology, they did used to put coins on your eyes to make sure that you could make it across the river Styx. But they never specified exactly what those coins, what the denomination of those coins were. But so. hold on. But that's much more of a custom. That's not necessarily <laughs> like religious text. You know what I'm saying? That's passed down through generations. But you took Mark Twain's word that this is what it was going to cost you to get in heaven. Again, red flag. So you're telling me my body's a caterpillar that I'm going to turn into a beautiful butterfly. And I'm going to ascend into heaven on a spaceship. But when we get there, I better have five dollars and seventy five cents. You got to pay the toll, man. You got it. It's just it's it's kind of like it's like it's kind of like <sighs> getting on. It, it's kind of like getting to the river six. You're down there in Hades. You get you got to get across that river. And Chiron's Chiron's has, you know, he's the river. He's the riverboat, dude. You got to give him a you got to give him a fare to get across. <sighs> Did they so talk then, about how the how this how they were the brother of one of the original Star Trek actors? Yes, uh, was a part. Yes, he was. Yeah. He was like the he was like the only he was like the only black man, the only black person in it. And I was like, why does there always have to be one? Why does there's there like always to, one? There's always one. There's always one. You know what I mean? Like, like what, what the? Come on, man. That bothered me too. I mean, that bothered me too. Like, come on, man. Get out of here. 
Get 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 out and, of here. And I felt bad for all note, the family members. I Denise, I felt bad for all the family members that lost a loved one behind this bullshit. Like I really felt terrible for them. And then the other thing that bothered me too, you know, if you think back to um <laughs> It, if you think back to Titanic, how the how the captain went down with the ship as the water was coming in and all this, this dude, mm-hmm. the leader of the group, didn't even go out last or first. He went out in the middle. Like, let me make sure y'all yeah. really gonna do it, and then I'll go ahead and do it too. But I ain't gonna be the last one. But you know what though? At least, at least he went out that way. Unlike unlike Jim Jones, who waited for everybody to be poisoned forcefully and and freely who did it freely and then how they went went around to all the children and made all the children take the poison and then he was like you know what guys you know what i don't really want to take the poison i'll I'll just have you shoot me and so he so so he had somebody else shoot him good job tough guy tony yeah Um, exactly so i mean hey he might have went out he might have went out halfway through but you know what uh at least at least he went, and he went the same way. And so the other thing, my other big takeaway out of this was that there were people who used to be members. They were former members who caught wind of what happened. Mm-hmm. And then after they caught wind of what happened, they felt a certain level of guilt that they didn't take the trip with their group. Right. And they struggled with this. And then some of them eventually took their own lives. And Mm -hmm. to me, it just demonstrated how strong the belief system was within them. Uh, You know, when I when I I look at that is when is this is what happens when you when you miss out on the fun and you decide. So I would like to be a part of the fun. That's how, that's how I looked at it. I mean, it, it, does it sound cold and wrong? Maybe. But I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it was. I, I just I, I just felt really bad. Like of all the people that I felt terrible for, it was those people that I felt the worst about because like they were so indoctrinated in it that they couldn't comprehend any other way other than to join join the group that way and um i just that one that one really bothered me a little bit um well i mean they in the way that they did it i mean they used what applesauce and something else to take it and it's applesauce oh applesauce or pudding and then they and then of course they washed it down with some vodka and um, and to, and to take it with you know a barbiturate, um, you know phenobarbital, it it <laughs> looking back on it, I mean, if he, when I first heard about Heaven's Gate, when I first learned about Heaven's Gate, because even you were in college, that would have put me in like eighth grade or seventh grade or something like that. So even back then, I remember hearing about it and was kind of like, who commits suicide? Like, who freely commits suicide? Like, that just doesn't make, like, who, why would I do that with a group? You know, mm-hmm. suicide, see, suicide, I don't know about you, but suicide means, seems 
rather like a personal thing. That's like a yeah. solo kind of thing. So for somebody to sit there and say, you know what, guys, we're all going to go together. That was a foreign concept to me. But looking, if I had to try and make a, uh, how do you say, sense of the entire thing, these were people who were following a person who was completely having a crisis of identity and a crisis of faith. And yeah, someone that came, who was, that came who was through not, pretty clear. You know, like they, pr- they preyed on the weak-minded. Um, and, even and though they these are really the smart, weak- intelligent, rational people, they were sort of weak-minded. And but they even were Marshall Applewhite... Yeah, but even Marshall Applewhite himself was weak-minded in the sense that he never really fully came to terms with the fact that he was gay. The fact that he became a musical teacher and every time he was teaching students, uh, he would be told he could not come back because he had an affair with a with a male college student. He had an affair with a couple 17-year-olds who were deemed um adult-worthy, I guess, or whatever. He had he had too many run he too many run-ins with the same sex, but yet was and, constantly and back then and that that sort of level of repressiveness, um um, kind of pushed him in that direction because you couldn't be open like exactly. that. And, and, and then, it just and that's the other thing too, Denise. It like it really made me think like it is not good to sort of suppress who you really are. Like you need to no. live in your truth who you really are because I don't know, you might go off and start a cult. Mm-hmm. I would much rather you be openly gay or openly transgender or whatever than to go start a cult. Yes. Now the thing is I will say is about about Marshall Applewhite is that, you know, those tapes that came out afterwards where he's talking, his eyes are super big and he looks crazy as hell. Oh, those videos, Um, those videos are, (laughs) according to, according to the podcast, last podcast on the left, they were talking about how people who knew Marshall Applewhite said that, yeah, his eyes look like he's a bit crazy in these videos, but in reality, those weren't, those weren't eyes of a crazy person. Those were eyes of someone who loved and cared about other people. Personally, I don't get that feeling. But, you know, a lot of people said that even when he would be out and about and talking about the gospel and stuff, that people would be would be either in, in, engaged and then there'd be others who would be like, you know what, I'm cool. There was one guy that they approached, it was like a professor that they found on the university, I think it was the University of Houston, University of Texas at Houston, something like that. And they sat there with him for hours trying to get him to come on board with them. And the guy was just like, you know, it sounds great. You know, it really, I mean, it sounds like something I'd be for, but he couldn't get past Applewhite's eyes. He said his eyes were weird, they were creepy, and he said no. So I guess it's all into, into interpretation but but when it if, if I think that if Doe had lived, if Nettles had lived, would we have transitioned to the hey, let's all jump on the comet? Well, go? see, see, I'm glad you said that, because at the end of the documentary, they talk to her daughter and her daughter has all these letters that basically allude to the fact that I know this is all fucking cuckoo, but 
I'm in this now, so I got to ride this out. Because you're supposed to give up all your worldly possessions and mm-hmm. cut off your friends and family. And you're supposed to live this sort of life and follow the rules and the, follow the process. But mm-hmm. she's writing letters back home to her daughter about, I love you. Hope you're doing well in school. So it tells me, like, rationally, like, that you're able to comprehend. And then you purposefully made this choice. And You making a choice is one thing. You Mm -hmm. leading people down a path is something different. I agree. I agree. And I think that I think that when it comes to the way that like in in the last podcast, they talked about how when the mass suicide happened and of course the media came and and they started dubbing it as the first like dot com you know, new age technology kind of cult. And what, but in reality, you know, you go to heaven's state, heavensgate.com in reality. Yeah. They had their material out there on the internet and things like, you know, whatever, but they actually did not get any new members from, they got one new member from the site. Everything else was word of mouth. Well, that was the last thing I was going to say about Heaven's Gate is they left the website up and active in case anybody wanted to join them. So, like, it's a website. You can go mm-hmm. see it for yourself. It's still there. Like, it's, like, like, it's straight, like, you know, it's right straight now. out of 97. It's, oh, it, yeah, I mean, it, looks it's, like, it looks like <laughs> it was, like, built on an AOL platform for sure. Yeah. I mean, dated isn't the word. Um, but just, yeah, overall, I just had questions because I'm like, th- there's just so many red flags with this that that come on man like it like like at what point do you at what point do you just come on man just just this this ain't it i really think that um you know i mean after after the suicides i mean yeah there were series of like there were some copycat folks that tried to do it do it as well and you know so on and so forth but i think when it comes down to it I, I think that Heaven's Gate, when you think about the 90s and you think about cults, Heaven's Gate is probably right up there. I don't really see any other cult that has that kind of notoriety with the exception of the Branch Davidians. But of course, you you don't consider that a cult. That's a cult. Okay, that's cool. Well, that's a whole. That's another episode. We'll that's we'll cool. we can, we'll have to do that. We, yeah, that's, we, that's we'll, we'll hash that out in another episode. That, um, that, that's a code. So, um, so yeah, know. so 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 that's Heaven's Gate, and and thank you because I had questions and I needed to get them out. So now I want to switch gears here. Oh, Nexium! The other rabbit hole I went down was about Nexium. And Nexium was different than Heaven's Gate because it was about sex. Well, yeah, partly, but, but 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 before before I get to that, it it was different because a they had they sold it as sort of self help um, teachings, like you can really better your life, you can mm-hmm. make a difference in the lives of other people by following this it's like a mix of things like if you buy these classes like and scientology works that way where you got to buy these classes to go up the level but as you go up the level you get more uh, enlightenment and you could bring people along the way it's a whole business model but logically what they were teaching you in this esp program i think is executive success program i think it was called Mm -hmm. it worked 
like logically this makes sense if i put these two and two things together or i can't reach my potential because i have these limiting beliefs where i put these doubts in my head and this that and the third and if i can overcome those i can achieve greater things to be the person i want to be and not have anxieties and like it worked like logically like it made sense what got me was the deeper you got into it you would get so deep that you couldn't get out like there is no off ramp there's no exit strategy with this like the deeper you got in the um uh the the more difficult it was to get out and that the leader he for as smart as he was he was in my, the word that kept coming to mind for me was he's a weasel like he was a greasy <laughs> weasel in like 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 it like if 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 there was a weasel in human form, it would be this guy. What what was his name? I can't remember his name. Keith Rainier. Keith Rainier. I knew it was something with an R. This I will guy, say this guy. Listen, I only know two Keiths in my life, and I like both of them. Do but I know more than one Keith? I know two Keiths in my life, and 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 I like them both. We got a cousin Keith. I think yeah, that's right. Dope. We have a cousin named Keith, <laughs> and I have a, I have a fraternity brother named Keith. That's the list. I don't know no other Keiths, and now I don't want to know any more other Keiths at this point. But but the sad part was he was the type of guy you ever met somebody that was too smart for their own good. Yes, like sometimes like, I look in the mirror and see myself. Like, 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 stop that. You are not a deviant person that way. Stop that. I've known you all your life. You are not a deviant person. Stop that. Are you sure? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, stop that. But, but, so Nexium, and hold on, matter of fact, let me turn it over to you to explain what Nexium is. Okay, so Nexium actually reminds me. Of when I was in college, when people used to come around and start selling me things on the importance of prepaid legal and how <laughs> I can use prepaid legal to, you know, help ins- help make sure my friends have legal representation, but they have to be a part of it too to have legal representation. That's how I look at Nexium. Only the difference is, is that it's about self improvement. I'm selling self improvement programs. And in order for me to be successful, I got to have you be in it so that way you can be successful, but you got to add other people. It's a pyramid scheme. At the end of the day, Nexium is uh, a- uh, uh, uh. <laughs> That's insulting to pyramid schemes. It is a multi-level marketing company. Whatever. It is a pyramid scheme. Okay. Sometimes, sometimes you just got to call shit what it is. It is a pyramid scheme. Okay. First and foremost. But- in any case, it started out, like you said, on paper, it sounded legit that, you know, these self-improvement programs are, are there to enlighten your life, enlighten other people's lives. And, you know, you're going to you're going to be able to transcend as to take a word from our Heaven's Gate conversation into an into a understanding of not only yourself, but of others and so on and so forth. But then but then shit starts to go downhill and. I know we talked about red flags in Heaven's Gate. This also had red flags. And when yes. I first heard about Nexium, the biggest red flag for me was the fact when I have to start calling Keith Rainier Vanguard. 
And yes. no, I'm yeah. not calling so, you. So, I'm so, not calling so, somebody. So, Vanguard. so just to be clear, the more classes that you paid for, the deeper you got into this, they stopped referring to him as the founder. They started to refer to him as something called Vanguard. And then the lady that taught most of the classes was referred to as prefect. And they had yes. like logical reasons for this. And they would give you these sashes to wear to sort mm -hmm. of mark your way up the ladder and how far you got and all of this sort of thing. Yeah. But again, it's a pyramid scheme because in order to get that high, you had to buy so many classes, you had to become enlightened, and then you had to turn around and recruit more people and train them and practice on them in order yeah. to climb up the so so the, it so it was a bit of a hustle uh, a bit of a hustle. But at the same time it's just like in in the sense of com comparing it comparing and contrasting to Heaven's Gate, just like Bo and Pete got it from Little Bo Pete, Vanguard came from a fucking video game. It came from an arcade game. <laughs> yes, he stole so, it from an arcade game stole, in his basement. You know, so it's so it's kind of like, yeah, these two these two cults might seem different, but on a certain level, there's the same there there are still red flags here that are all and the other thing I would say, too, and what makes them different was they were also backed financially by the uh, the heirs to the Seagram's liquor fortune. Mm -hmm. So so they were backed by two women who were heirs to the fortune. So um, they had leverage in a way that that Heaven's Gate didn't. Heaven's Gate just kind of is a ragtag bunch of people, misfits that created well, yeah. a belief system and got some people to sort of join it. This is like a structured sort of thing masquerading as a pyramid scheme. And so the deeper you got into it, what became clear um, and what I appreciate about the Nexium documentary was it was in nine parts. So the first part of it, I'm watching it and I'm saying to myself, OK, logically, this makes sense. It's self-help. What you're teaching makes sense. You can put mm -hmm. two, two and two equals four. Like I get it. And you can leverage it to help other people. Like, okay, so if you can find a way to make a dollar off it, okay, cool. Like, I'm with that. Mm -hmm. But then somebody starts noticing, like, hey, something's not right here. And then they start putting the stuff together. And then what eventually it turns into is if you were a male, the highest you could probably go was get to, like, the executive board. But if you're on the executive board, like they had all these spinoff companies underneath Nexium. Mm -hmm. So it was Nexium as like a holding company that had all these other spinoff companies based on the teachings of the self-help and all that. Right. Mm -hmm. And they had all these little groups within it, like um, Protector, the Society of Protectors, where it was a bunch of men who were going to go out in the world and do good and make the human race better. And this and the third. And they had like female classes and female power empowerment groups. And it all makes sense but as a female as a female you could go, go a different path and that's where the shit starts to go sideways because ultimately you could work your way up into a secret group within nexium mm -hmm. called dos and, mm -hmm. and, and 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 once they got to that i i, I said to myself okay the one thing I noticed immediately was there were no black people at this level because once you introduce the concept of DOS and yeah. this whole master slave concept, we're out. We're out. I'm out. We're out. Nope. As, I'm good. As a, as a black man, you're not about to. I'm. You're not about to get me to call you my master. You but ain't see, about that, to get me to say that to you. Yeah, and, and you know maybe maybe it's just because 
are of, of who we are and who our parents are. I can smell a pyramid scheme and come all the way. So I'm not trying. Like I don't. I'm not even going to get to. I know I'm not getting to that level. Real quick, real quick, real quick. Do you remember that time that dude came to the house to sell us to try to sell these encyclopedias, and we had to go through, <laughs> we had to go through the whole presentation with him. And at the end, we was in the end. Dad was like, "Nah, I'm not buying that shit." And then the dude. Asked mom if he could get a ride home, <laughs> and mom was like, "Yeah, I don't think my husband's gonna go for that." So he yeah. asked to borrow the phone, he could use the phone so he could call to get a ride. Oh my god! <laughs> like that, I don't remember that, but I do remember the time that the cops called the house and dad pretended that he couldn't hear him and hung up on the cops. Oh, that's so fantastic. that's that's yeah. okay. Okay, I di- I digress. <laughs> okay. Anyway, continue. 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 So, so the DOS thing. The way it worked or the way that I understood it, so keep me honest, is okay. that in order, it was a secret society of women who were trying to do this whole empowerment thing and and really be devoted to the cause because the men have their own group. They wanted to have their own group. But what ends up happening is, is that this whole to get in, you have to be recruited. It's a secret society, so all we mm-hmm. ask is trust. And in this, you <laughs> get recruited. You get recruited by another female. That female is considered the one who recruits you is considered your master. And that mm-hmm. in order, and that you agree to this. And the idea is, it's conceptual. It's not really slavery. I'm not really your master. We're just working these metaphors out. These are the terms that we use at this level, but not, no one owns you, this sort of thing. And so you agree to this, um, the idea that, okay, I'm going to be your slave and I'll you're my master and I'll do what he asked me to do. And then it starts into, okay, so to prove your loyalty, to prove that you are really down for the cause, because this is like a secret thing between us and you have to demonstrate your commitment, you have to give us a tribute. And that tribute basically is blackmail. You have mm-hmm. to give me some incriminating stuff, you know, nude photos, um, you know, passwords to your social media accounts. Um, but man, I don't even remember what half of those are. So I can't. Re- be you know what I mean? Like you talking shit about your family. Like you have to. You get blackmailed to give them stuff, and then you have to respond to your master like within like 30 seconds and you have to ask for permission for shit like may i have 25 calories today you know (laughs) like that (laughs) and then you have to keep continuing to do this to demonstrate i wish a motherfucker would i wish a motherfucker would tell me i can have 20 like you know what well that's what's crazy they they were they were texting pictures of food like master can i please have 92 calories and it would be like like three rice cakes. Look, man, that's awesome, mother. That's because cause like one of the first things they did was to say to demonstrate your commitment, you need to drop like twenty pounds. So man, that's like these some, women nah, are like man. not eating, not drinking, none of this, right? That's so, like man. some R. Kelly wife shit, like that R. Kelly, like what R. Oh, Kelly yeah, yeah, yeah. his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But nah. So, cool. so once you get to the point. Once you get to the point where you've done all this and you've demonstrated your commitment, then they have like a ceremony where you get to meet all of the other slaves that are sort of in your pod, right? So you're all sitting in a room blindfolded and naked. And then you take your mask off and you realize, oh, so-and-so and so-and-so's in here, okay? So then to demonstrate your commitment fully, what they do 
is they came up with a symbol and it and the symbol reckon uh, represented like this is the mountain and the mountain is like the highest peak in life and this is like the river that runs underneath it and the river mm-hmm. <clears throat> represents like the flow of thought and ideas and all of this and then um the idea was you would get not tattooed you would get branded with like um what is it denise like um it wasn't a poker what what did they use i can't remember it was a brander it was a um, yeah almost like you get like almost like you brand cattle like Mm -hmm. you would get branded that way but you would get branded like with his initials it was excuse me i'm gonna get to that but you would get branded, but you would get, you know, branded by your woo Like, that's how it would work. You ain't coming in my hoop. You know, you ain't coming through my hole, man. No, 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 no. It would, be like, it would be like on the inside of your head. That's too close. That's too close. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You, like, said, right, you, you like, stay the hell away from my hoo <laughs> Yeah, like right right by your woo like, like that's, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and so personal. <laughs> you would get that. And then, listen. There's no nurse there. There's no anesthesia. This is just like hot flesh burning in the air. And you you, right naked. You, you you out here naked as the day you was born and they putting this on you. This is why black people aren't in it because I'm planning to kill somebody. Uh, I'm just well, that's what I'm saying. Look, like, like, like that jumped out to me very quickly. That, okay, there are no <laughs> black people at this level and now I understand why there are no black people at this level. And, and, not, people, and, and listen, you know what? And people, listen, people who come out of this, I guarantee you will probably marry somebody black because they understand. And listen, and I want to be clear. I'm not saying that there aren't white people that got to this level and be like, oh, no, I'm not going for this shit because I know that there were. I'm mm-hmm. just saying it was very noticeable that there was no, not even black folks. There were no minorities of any kind, which not today, Satan. which which. Uh, confirms my suspicion that people who have been oppressed know this bullshit when they see it. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like, like, I mean, no, 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 no. Like, like, you want me to do what? Oh no, man, right. I'm cool. So then it comes out after the fact that what ha- what's really happening here is the brand that they get. If you turn it to the side, it's the initials of the mm-hmm. leader. It is Keith Ranieri's initials that these women have branded into him. Into and now I got to figure out how to get this shit off my hula but you man. But you can't because all it does is keloid up. You can't. It's 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 for life. Oh, you know? see. See, that, see, okay. So here's the thing, though. <laughs> DOS stand. Okay, so what DOS stands for is actually from Latin. Yes. And it, it's, it's Dominus Opuescus Sorium. And as somebody who personally would love to learn Latin, I, f- I felt like this was an insult. Like, this isn't how I want to learn Latin. I don't want to learn Latin from a cult. It's not, I don't want to associate this now, but too late. Um, so what I, what I'm, I'm with you um, because they were using, it was like a car, it, they were carterizing, they were using a carterizing pen. If that makes sense. I didn't realize yeah. that there was a, yeah, but it was like a, yeah, it was a pen. And apparently the person who performed this thing, she is not in prison. She is still walking the streets. She is still free. She is a medical doctor who is now currently fighting the state of California to keep 
Hold, hold on, hold on, pause, 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 pause. So the woman that was actually doing the branding is a uh-huh. real doctor. Is a real doctor. And is out here walking the streets. Right now, yep. And people are trying to get her medical license taken away because she technically, and I do, about, and I, and I, do I do bitch. believe it. You didn't know this? This is on the no, nightly news literally no, four days ago. This is why I'm talking yeah. to you. This is on the nightly news literally four days ago. Lester Holt brought this into my family room. Um, so she is she is fighting the state of California to keep her medical license because of what her role in Nexium. They are saying um, that she violated her Hippocratic oath as a doctor yes, to do no yes, harm. Yes, you take an ethical oath as a doctor. And so she feels that because she was not treating anyone as a patient, she did not technically violate that Hippocratic oath. So well, it's still an ongoing thing. We don't know who's going to win this. I'm pretty sure, at least personally, she's going to lose her medical license. Um, and she should. That was, that was like within like the last like three or four days. But so, then, it, you know, what got me though about, about Nexium was that First off, first off, the number of actors that were a part of Dexter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, you know. hold on. Hold on. I, I just want to finish this thought real quick. Okay, go for it. So, after you sort of get branded, and now we know, like, you really in this, and this is really old boys' initials in this. This is, for lack of a better way to describe it, the stamp of approval for you to get to the final level, kind of like a video game, where you get these little assignments where your job in the assignment is to seduce Keith Raniere. And then, and then at that point, you would go and sleep with the leader. But at this point, you've lost so much weight. You are sleep deprived. You are not a sound mind and body. And he's just in here knocking him down like dominoes. Like who wants that kind of? Who wants that kind of sex? You're a piece of shit. You're a piece of shit. You're a piece of shit to take that kind of to take that kind. Like listen, listen, listen. It's clear he has a type. That that's clear. Yes, and, malnourished and, and anorexic is definitely yeah, something that we want. It, yeah, that it's a type. And so what I found interesting was the lady that I mentioned earlier, who they who was teaching the class is called the prefect. I think her name is Nancy Salzman, I think her name was. Mm-hmm. Her daughter was one of the people that was recruiting these girls into this secret sex cult. Mm-hmm. And then she had been sleeping with that dude for 20 years. And that dude kept her on the hook by saying, I'll give you a baby. And then he'd snatch it away and said, no, I won't. Meanwhile, she's funneling women up to him long after he stopped saying, I was going to give you a baby. See, yeah, and, and see, this is this is where it was different than Heaven's Gate for me, because it's like. Oh, no. Not only is this a cult, this is a level of a criminal conspiracy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mixed under the guise of a pyramid scheme backed by the heirs to the Seagram's fortune. Like this shit way bigger than Nino Brown. Well, that and what really got me about the whole thing as far as the the cult level is that the people that they there was one person they recruited who was actually of royal blood 
And that's what that's what shit really got real for me because oh. they got the chick from um she was her in, name was like Oxenberg. So 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 yeah, I'm glad you brought her up because I wanted to talk about her because she was fascinating in this. Catherine so, Oxenberg. Catherine Oxenberg is Catherine Oxenberg was on Dynasty in the 80s. Her mother is second cousins with Prince Charles, like the yes. Prince Charles of England. Yes. Right. Yes. And so her daughter was in this was one of these girls that got branded and was actually out here recruiting other girls to be in this. And so she's in a dilemma because she just wants her daughter back. But in order to get her daughter back, who is a victim, she has to basically convince the feds that this is a secret sex cult and it's 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 sex trafficking and that might put her daughter behind bars. And she mm-hmm. and I found her story absolutely fascinating because as a parent, she was so desperate to get her child back that she was willing to take the risk that she might send her own child to prison if it meant her child was free of this man mm-hmm. and his teachings. I found mm-hmm. that absolute that dynamic, I found it fascinating. Yeah, like her mom, um, this yeah, her name's Catherine, and her daughter's name was like Ingrid or India, Indira or India, India, India. India, India there it is. Yeah. So, like, I mean, when you think about like when I heard about it, I was just like, "So you mean to tell me we got royal blood out here recruiting niggas?" Like, we, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, of course, of course, we can do this. Like, can you imagine? Can you imagine being somebody who who last week was waiting tables as a struggling actress, and then all of a sudden, like. The third cousin of Prince Charles of Wales was like, "Yo, you want you want you want to have you well, well, that's the thing. So they had a, um, a they had chapters. They had like offices around the country, real similar to Scientology. And one of them was in Seattle, and that one got shut down because the people who led that one, along with other leaders in the organization, started to realize. And this is like 2009." They started to realize that, hey, we're noticing that all the people that have influence and decision making in this company are all females and you appear to be sleeping with all of them. Mm -hmm. So we need to do something about this. So Keith Raniere, in his weaseling ways, figures out a way to appease these people long enough to Mm -hmm. get them all wiped out. And replaced, and then much like Lance Armstrong, he sues these people into oblivion to protect the institution. And then these people go off in silence to the point where one woman who sued them and won was so broke she had to represent herself in court. And she won. I mean, that tells you how smart some of the people who get involved with Mm -hmm. this were because, again, it made sense on the paper until all of the nefarious activity sort of comes into play. But the acting thing's important because a lot of films get made up in Vancouver. And right. these actors were leaving Vancouver, coming down to Seattle to take these classes. So once all of that gets shut down, a woman who rose up through the ranks because she believed what it was that was going on and thought it was legit lobbied and got backing to open a, a, a branch in Vancouver. And now mm-hmm. they've got all of these actors, you know, coming in, taking these classes. And this is where it starts to feel real Scientology mm-hmm. a little bit this way. And, and that's what I really found interesting was like, this was like 
this was like Heaven's Gate belief systems and 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 mixed with like Scientology pay strategy and blackmailing of, of the secrets. You start mm-hmm. messing, you start like uh, sprinkle in uh, a little sex cult action, and then you've got people who are committing criminal activity where we're branding each other against our will. You know, there's stories about these women are are getting tied down on these benches naked and all of this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, what is? Meanwhile, this dude is selling himself like he's some Indian guru that has all the knowledge in the world, and you should come to me for advice. And didn't you find it weird that they always went for a walk, and that walk was at night, and that's how they? It was real mafia like, like no telephones yeah. and shit. Like we'll just go for a walk. Hey, because everybody kept saying the whole the whole nine episodes, they're like, do you want to go for a walk? Always, always. And then what I found is people were recording the conversations while they were walking. Well, think about it. So let, it it's, it's easier to record while you're on the walk because you're not fidgeting. You're not, you know, you're alone. It makes it, it it's a, it's a basic tactic. Right. So, so to speak. So, so the reason why this all comes out is because a lot of, some of the people start to break off and defect. And what mm-hmm. I found, one of the actors where this kind of first starts, like, hey, this is kind of an issue, is a woman by the name of Bonnie. Bonnie. Bonnie's in it pretty deep. And then Bonnie starts to put two and two together, and she's starting to have an issue. So she leaves it, but her husband's still in it. And Bonnie, I found interesting because she was in a couple of the Star Wars movies, not the original ones, but the next ones that came out, like episodes, like a two and three or whatever. In fact, mm-hmm. she is the woman at the end of the movie where he becomes Darth Vader, where they give, they drop, where Obi-Wan drops Luke Skywalker off. She's the woman holding the baby. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's who she is. So yeah, her yeah, and her yeah. husband start to have problems because she left. She's like, you're not listening to me. This is some bullshit. And her husband, who's like a director, I think he made... Um, a documentary called like what what the f do you know or do we know or mm-hmm. something about quantum physics or something and so he starts asking questions but can't get any answers and then all of a sudden he goes back to his wife and says okay tell me what you saw then he starts to put two and two together and believes it and then he leaves mm-hmm. and then the woman i mentioned that started the vancouver chapter she was one of these women that got branded but she didn't sleep with the leader because they told her after the fact we got you to be in it because you are one of the best sellers of the company and we mm-hmm. needed you to recruit other women to get in it that's why we asked you but now she's mad because she's married to a guy that was part of this and didn't know what was going on and on one of the recordings um, with the lady that was promised the baby that didn't get the baby she said mm-hmm. how am I supposed to go to my husband he's never going to go anywhere near my wuha again because Keith Raniere's initials are tattooed near my wuha I mean there's always adoption artificial listen, <laughs> listen it was so bad shit crazy and meanwhile this dude is selling himself like this guru and knower of all things and then when it hits the fed and they sort of get raided by the feds this guy flees to mexico of course he does and then they bust him right when he is about to um 
you like initiate more women mm-hmm. into this thing, like in like a group sex sort of situation. Yeah, because he created a second cult. And if oh, for I the remember, best of the best. No, it was something about Aristotle, the Aristotle, the Knights of Aristotle, or some shit like that. And he did it like in 2014. And then when he when he fled to Mexico, because see, I I I picked up on Nexium when he, after he flew to, after he fled to to Mexico. Last podcast on the left did a uh, a quick side story on Nexium, right after they caught him in Mexico and they actually interview one of the reporters who was actually approached by Nexium to write stories about them and then tried to indoctrinate him or indoctrinate them into the cult and the journalist and I cannot think of what his name was I don't I think it was it was either Frank or James I can't remember this can't remember now but like they tried to get him to come in. And at first he was like, oh, okay. He was like, but he's like, so, you know, what do you want me to, to write about? And they were like, well, before we pay you to do the work, we want you to come up to Albany, New York for an unpaid, like 10 week internship to see how you like, how you like us first. And the journalist was just like, wait a minute. I thought you just wanted me to write stories about like what you guys are doing up here. You said nothing about, like, you want me to go to Albany, New York, like rural Albany, New York? like what? Like why? So then he started asking questions and then they, then that's when they started to be like, okay, well, well, we won't, we can't tell you everything that we're doing. You won't be able to, you know, to know until you get up here. And he was like, no, I'm not going to Albany, New York. Tell me what you need, what I need so I can start writing. And eventually he started putting two and two together and so then he saw that other people in his area, like different journalists or whatnot, were also being approached by Rainier. And so then that's when he was just like, you know what? Don't do it. Don't do it. And so every time somebody he knew got caught up in Nexium, he would reach out to them or have somebody else reach out to them and say, you need to call him because he knows that this is a cult. You need to get out and you need to get out now. Yeah. Um- so... Yeah, so fast forward. So fast forward, Dude gets arrested in Mexico, extradited back. They have a trial. He's charged with racketeering and mail fraud and sex trafficking and all of these crimes. And so he gets convicted, and this is how you knew it was real. Or mm-hmm. this is or knew this is how you knew it was serious. I should say. He they deliberated for less than six hours. He was convicted on all charges. He was sentenced to 120 years and sent to the Supermax in Colorado. Hey, where the Supermax that the Supermax ADX Florence, also known as the Alcatraz of the Rockies, featuring prisoners such as Bernie Madoff, the head of the Nuavian Nation. Uh, the Boston Bomber, Dylan Ruff, uh, Woody Harrelson's dad. Um, <laughs> the Oklahoma City Bombers, bomber, the Utah like. Bomber, like, like, like El Chapo was there. Like, 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 this is where they send the worst of the worst to the Supermax. That's where this guy is. He's you know, never getting out. He's, no, he's never getting out. 
And, and, and what was crazy to me was not the prison sentence, not where they sent him. It's that he was convicted on all charges in less than a day. Basically, a half day meeting convicted him on all charges. Mm-hmm. It says here that his earliest possible release date for Keith Rainier is June 27th, 2120. Yeah, I I can't even think of that. <laughs> that is over 100 years from now. I mean, I, honestly, I have a hard time remembering yesterday. So the that's, idea that that's, I would that's think, 99 years from now. Yeah. I was so like, yeah, I, wait, I'm sorry, 120 years from now. Yeah, so the idea that I would. No, and he got hit with a $1.75 million fine. Yeah. And so, so, again, it, it, and I just found it fascinating because it was like this conglomerate of of different elements of things I'd seen in life all sort of come together in a package where they were really selling it. And it, the sad part was it was really helping people. Like they showed one video of this man that suffered from Tourette's. But by going through the classes and the teachings and the whole nine, he had cured himself of Tourette's. And that's what was frustrating to me because it actually worked. It was helping people. And then Mm -hmm. you went and took it. Fucked it up. (laughs) You basically went to the dark side with it. And uh, what's that old saying? Uh, Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what this was. It was absolute power. And then what was scary to me um, was all the people around him protecting him. Because mm-hmm. typically in a situation like this, you would expect it to be a bunch of men that were enclosed around him, that were protecting him. But in fact, it was the opposite. It was all women. Mm-hmm. It was all women that he was surrounded with that were getting that were providing protection for him to the point where now all these women are now facing federal charges. Yeah. Yeah. And even, and and then the other thing too, that, um, that, you know, I don't know if they talked about this or not, but the same person who negotiated his prison sentence is also the same person who helped negotiate the uh, prison sentence of Jeffrey Epstein, Alan Dershowitz. Oh Yeah. Oh, hold on. Say so, that again. So the person who, so Alan Dershowitz, Dershowitz was, um, helped negotiate a, helped negotiate the prison sentence. So like basically, um, he instructed, actually, let me read, let me Rainier instructed his followers to solicit the assistance of Alan Dershowitz, the attorney who successfully negotiated a nonpartisan agreement of Jeffrey Epstein. So he gave them false names of people, uh, of people he was allegedly calling to prison officials and call recipients employed on burner phones. So you mean to tell me? You see, this is what this is again. It's just like all these things matched up in one. So you went and got Epstein's lawyer mm-hmm. to negotiate for you because you're basically trafficking in the same behavior. The mm-hmm. only difference is these women aren't under 18. So you thought you were cool. Yes. <sighs> and Alan Dershowitz, man, I mean, he seems he's the snake that just keeps on showing up in places that that should he just. He, mm. 
I, I, mm, I really don't like that person. Yeah, so I strong I strongly uh, dislike Alan. Again, um the the show I watched is called The Vow. And mm-hmm. it's on HBO if anybody wants to check it out. Um and it's long. I mean, it's like 9 episodes. So again, like I said, I went down a bit of a rabbit hole. I knocked it out in one day. Oh um, my. What else did you do that day? Nothing. I was I, I ordered <laughs> I ordered dinner and I uh, and I jumped on the Nexium train. And again, the whole time I was texting you, like, I can't believe the shit that I'm seeing. And I'm the, oh, that's, yes, that's right. Because then I was like, I don't understand why you're just now realizing that cults are a thing. Because, I mean, wait, just wait. I like, no, no, no. It's, 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 it's not that I didn't know they were a thing. Again, like I said at the top, I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated by the journey of the human psyche to go from, huh. This makes sense to hmm, these are red flags, but it still makes sense to here's more red flags, but I guess it's okay to full blown cult member. That's where um like like at, at at some point like at some point when does your gut kick in? When does your intuition kick in and say, "Nah, bro, this ain't it." And I think that's part of the reason why I think that if if you wanted to continue to have this conversation on different cults, why some cults, when you go through them, start to help. I won't I won't say start to help answer these questions, but depending on what kind of what cult you're covering, you can understand how quickly you can fall into the abyss. Because Jonestown is probably the 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 the, the one cult where you know that was probably the easiest to fall in because he used, you know, Jim, you know, not to get too, too deep into it, but Jim Jones was a church of Christ member who used the concept of the church of Christ to bring more members in and then twisted it into his own controlling way and was able to pay people during services of church for healing and all of a sudden you, you know you went from having cancer and a broken jaw to oh my gosh he's walking and stuff like that and then to and then to have these situations where these communities where he began to start shutting down your connections to your family and then to take everybody and go to Guyana and, and you know what I'm saying so that his cold is probably the best example of how you can get sucked in and under and not understand that you are way beyond the realm of no return until it is too late. Well, I'll just say this. If I go down that rabbit hole again, I will let you know and you can come back on and we can discuss it. That's fine. If you want me to go on that train with you, by all means. Yeah, well, I'm clearly going to need a passenger because... Again, I you need, a, have, you need a tour guide. I have questions. I want to know why you think getting a man's initial, even though they didn't know, why you think getting branded <laughs> by your woo-ha is in your best interest. Um, why? It could be, you know, I can't wait till we do this again because I, I want your thoughts on black cults because 
you know, well, most of the times you hear about cults and it's generally about black white people, but there are black cults out there and they are just N- as now, crazy, hold on, now, hold on, hold, hold, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. I don't know anything about a black cult. <laughs> at all. I don't know anything about a black cult. It's a foreign concept to me. I know. Because uh, I imagine for a lot of people, their first thought is black people don't do cults. They're not wired I, that way. But, oh, but, 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 but what I'm saying is this. Without, without no prior knowledge at all, something about a black cult tells me it's going to be much more militant and hardcore in their teachings and beliefs. Yes. However, in the two that I, in the two, the two most famous ones, one is a spinoff of the Nation of Islam. Of course. Okay. And then, okay. okay. <laughs> and then the other one, I'm not even really sure where it came from, but it is on some real weird shit that involves pyramids and the sky and not aliens, but like the stars and, you know, it, it's weird. It's weird. But My, that guy is sitting at ADX Florence. Oh, oh, I have to yes. learn more about him. Yeah, yeah, say, yes. And listen, if they sent you to the Supermax, you, you've, you've got my attention. Yes, uh, um, he was the, the leader. I believe the, the, the uh, was the Nuwabian Nation of Moors. I think that's what I call it. You know, the new lobby. Yeah, engine. if if he's in the supermax, uh, he you you have my attention, sir. I, I'd like to know more about you. And, yes, and, his and, name is Dwight history. York. Dwight York, um, also known in the streets as Malachi York or Issa Al Hadi Al Mahidi or Doctor York. Uh, he is a convicted child molester. So yeah, if let you would me, like to let learn. Me, let me learn. Let me let me do some research on that. Then maybe I'll I'll have you back. The only thing I'll say in closing, um, outside of thank you for walking me through um, the nexus that is uh, American cult life. So thank you mm-hmm. for walking me through this and answering some of the questions that I have because um, I feel so much better. I I, I needed yeah. to talk to somebody about what I saw. Um, I do what I can. So I, I want to thank you uh, for walking walking me through this. Uh, so in closing, do you have anything you'd like to share with the people relative to what you know about about cults? <laughs> about cults? Um, if you suspect that you're in a cult, call somebody. Um, if you feel like you need a checklist, call somebody. If you begin to to just second guess yourself, if you haven't talked to your mama in probably a week or so, you might want to reach out to somebody. Call Always your mama. Keep, call, call your mama. Call your mama. Your mama knows that you involved in some bullshit. Call I'll your mama. A, yes, I'll, I will put it like this. I personally have at least four friends, and it, and you included, you know, family. I got at least four friends and at least five family members that know that if they haven't heard from me in an X amount of time, shit might be popping off. Oh, I so, will find you. I, 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 will, so, I, I, I will find you. Be There's that no family member for that person in your life. Listen, listen. You've seen me do this before. I will kick in a door. I will find you. 
I will find so, you. I will get you out of there. And I and I <laughs> in my Cedric voice, I wish a motherfucker would run up on you. That's what I'm saying. So like, be that person for the for the person to be that person for someone else in your life. And I told my friends personally, if I ever hear that I have to come into some room and get you off some weird ass shit, I'm gonna beat you ass as soon as we get out. And the sad because- part is that the sad part is that. You get out of it, and people still believe it because the belief system is ingrained in is, them. Is it's, that- it's it's just so strong. So, just I just want to say in closing, and again, thank you for coming on because this You're this welcome. I really appreciate it. This means a lot because, like I said, I had questions. Um, I just want to say in closing that um, you cannot ascend into heaven via an alien body in a spaceship. I I, I want to make that clear. Um, Nor is getting branded with a person's initials near your hoo ha. That's that's not that's yeah, not and for the don't, get, don't, don't get don't get initials of any man branded on you near your woo-ha in an effort to satisfy um the process of being initiated and don't allow people to blackmail you. Just a little public service announcement. Mm-hmm. Put that out there. Um mm-hmm. so with if that if it sounds too good, if it sounds too good to be true, y'all. Hey. You know, those are just fundamental rules of life. You know, if it sounds too good to be true, run. Um, so the with opposite that, direction. Yeah, hard. So um, <laughs> with that, Denise, thanks for, for jumping on and answering my questions. And uh, if I read up on um, Dwight York and the Black Colts, <laughs> I will have you on speed dial um, to talk through what it is that I witnessed, because I know I'm going to have questions about that. <laughs> It's it's a ride, that's for sure. All right. Thanks. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you.